Welcome to Spill the Novelty, where three girlies shout into the void about our latest book hot takes and obsessions. I'm Abby. I'm Maddie. And I'm Kaylee. And this week we're spilling the tea about the highly anticipated new release, Iron Flame by Rebecca Yaros. If you've read Fourth Wing and have been frothing at the mouth for more Zayden like we have, you've come to the right place. Since this book has just released, we're actually going to do something a little different here and skip out on the summary this time. And instead, we're going to hop right into the tea because that's what we're all really here for, right? Mm-hmm. And please note that we will be spoiling this book. Uh, so if you haven't finished reading Iron Flame, uh, please uh, stop and go finish that and then come back. Yeah, it is immediately not safe for you. Leave this place. This is not a safe space for no spoilers. So uh, last chance. Please leave. <laughs> we don't <laughs> want you here. And then come back. Come back next week and listen to the episode. Please. All right, so in this book, we're back at Basgaith for year two. Um, so after all the drama in book one during War Games, air quotes, the team just kind of returns to Basgaith for graduation, and they lie about what happened, and they go on with their lives. So this shocked me. Um, I was a little disappointed about the lead-up to them returning and then it being, like, basically nothing. But on the other hand, I was pretty happy about them being back at Basgaith. Like, it, it was a familiar kind of setting, and I like Basgaith a lot. I think it's a fun setting. So I think this also, like, helped build the tension between Violet and Zayden with them being separate. And we know how much I love a good tension build. I love that. I loved the seeing each other a week apart and, like, the weekends where they couldn't see each other. And you were like, oh, no. So Yes. Good. Yeah. And, yeah. like, to know, to those moments where, like, they would find out um, that they were going to be seeing each other for whatever reason, and that just, like, crushed the entire week. Just, yeah. like, I felt that. I'm like, you know, having been in a long-distance relationship myself, I can't Same. imagine going through that in the middle of a war, so. Yeah, no, literally. And <laughs> in the middle were, of, yeah, something like this. Where, Dragons are bonded. Yeah, there were parts where Violet was, like something would happen and she would be like the only person I want to talk to right now is Zayden and like yeah that is just so relatable too because it's like you know they're your they're your best friend and like your most trusted person and so to not be able to yeah. see them or talk to them even oof. yeah and, and it also alone. helped it it helped it not be so over like their love wasn't so like overwhelming throughout the book because we got it in small doses because like sometimes in books like once the two characters get together it's like they're all lovey-dovey and everything's all happy and it's just like everything's great but instead like they they would see each other and they would argue which we'll talk about a little bit later mm-hmm. but they they weren't seeing each other all the time which yeah, yeah it's nice. it great and I think too just to go back to us being like back at Buzz Gaius, I mm-hmm. was also a bit disappointed or maybe just underwhelmed with like oh life is just gonna go back to normal like we're just going to school but Violet also feels that same way and so it made it less weird for some reason because it was like being acknowledged in the story where Violet was like y'all just expect me to like go back to class and they were like yeah like don't do anything and so of course she still finds ways to like be useful um so I think it made it less weird because it it was I don't know, like acknowledged even to the characters. Yeah. They were like, this is fucking weird. And it was like, well, this is this is what we're doing. So like. Yeah. Well, I think it's realistic in the sense that like, I think my first assumption was that she was just going to going to stay um, uh, and not go back to Bad Guy for a mm-hmm. while. 
And I think I was shocked at how quickly they returned. But I will say, I did love the drama of them coming back on graduation day. Like, they, you know, just like, oh, you thought this was going to be about all of you graduating first year or whatever the hell. Uh, yeah. No, actually, you thought we were all dead and we're just going to walk in. Yeah, we're just badasses. We're graduating. Confronting <laughs> Colonel Atos in front of, like, yeah. God and everybody and embarrassing that man. I was like, yeah. Hmm. I still felt I still felt like it was underwhelming like there was not enough drama for that to be like there should have been there should have been they should have been battling each other like there should have been something yeah I do think they just kind of took it in stride a little too much (laughs) yeah yeah and I feel like Violet didn't acknowledge it enough Maddie kind of like I don't know I kind of against what you were saying like I I think Mm -hmm. she wasn't acknowledging it enough she wasn't thinking about the whole Venon Wyvern thing yeah or the war games thing like she wasn't she wasn't even thinking about it she was thinking about Zayden and her relationship and like yeah people around her I think that's fair and so I think for me I gave it a pass but where it became too much was when we escape Bazgayeth and we steal half the cadets and then we go to wherever the other fucking place is is it Tyrandor I don't even I don't even know the name of the other place but and then we just go back to school Arisha Arisha yeah and then it's just back to school and class and I was like that's fucking weird like we have to, we can't rely on the school structure forever in this book we have to be able to like do something else like even if it's war training but still having it be school structure and classes and cadets and years and like sectors I'm like can y'all not adapt at all yeah yeah (laughs) I agree but I guess some of it though too like um I think the big concern once they go to Arisha is like uh you know with all the um bunch of the writers are yeah they're not they're not fully trained you know they could be a liability not only to themselves but to everyone else so yeah I I agree where it's kind of weird that they hop back into a class structure but on the other hand it's like you have all these kind of untrained or people that you know that aren't ready to fight off uh Venon and Wyvern and all this and uh you're having to kind of figure out like okay well I guess we're going to class it's like those memes have y'all seen the memes it's like when you got class at six, but you know, something yeah. is ever- <laughs> when you, when you got battle brief at six, but you got to go defeat a horde of wyvern at eight, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah actually. That's true. Well, yeah. I think too, like it made sense for the classes that were like, you need to learn how to fight against venom specifically because it's very different. Yeah. And so like, that makes sense as like a class or training session or the one where they all started learning runes, which like people didn't even know like existed in Navarre. Yeah. Like that okay. makes sense to me. It's like a little weirder when they yeah. just have like battle brief. And I'm like, <laughs> what's happening? It was not- the runes were so boring to me. I'm I like, didn't... I've seen runes in so many other books. Yeah. Like I've played RuneScape. Come on. You're <laughs> <laughs> not special. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I kind of like the runes. It's like another you know kind of a side note but as as like another form of power and the fact that like Zayden was like giving her the little thing to like um, yeah that was cute I knew there must have been a reason yeah yeah what was was she doing was she like it was like um like fabric knots or something okay yes I was doing like as if I'm like uh crocheting crocheting crocheting. (laughs) yes Mm, yes (laughs) uh yeah the little knots that's what it was but Uh, then so when they mentioned that that he left the thing I was confused a little bit because like she never mentioned that she was actually doing it and then in the end she was like oh I get why you did that like I practiced and I was like bitch did you because you didn't talk about it when like not even like a passing mention of like 
me practicing my fabric knots like like I don't know it felt yeah. it did feel a little to your point Kaylee it felt a little bit like thrown in there as an added layer yeah. of complexity rather than like something that was fully fleshed out and even I was confused like and maybe one of y'all understand it so you can explain it to me better but like later in the book I think Zayden is saying like his mark has runes in it that like protected yeah. him from the whoever like kills his parents but then it's but then I was like so did he get the mark after he as a punishment or was it a protect like I didn't really understand fully like what that scene meant in terms yeah. of like what we had thought previously yeah I was confused by that too so I can't can't yeah, I think it. it was protection, but I'm not 100% sure because I know what you're talking about. I think it's protection from yeah. his parents like, and from, like, the parents of all the... So it wasn't actually, like, a punishment that they gave him. It was a protective thing that the the Tyrish did to their kids, right? Because that's I how so. I felt like I understood it, but I was like, that's crazy because that's not how it's explained at all previously. So, like, yeah. history literally is incorrect on like every front like that's why yeah. for that to be a, a misconception giant, a giant theme in this book um, yeah yeah i don't know that was yeah. crazy yeah no that was that was crazy and um well and i think that that kind of theme too of uh history not not being accurate um comes up a lot too with um switching gears a little bit to like violet Violet as a whole, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, she obviously her growth, or um, in some ways, I think Maddie kind of noted like ungrowth in a way, like her having to um, really confront like her emotions, right? Like she's made all this progress her first year, um, and has become so powerful and everything. And then this year, she's like visibly shaken from the discoveries of the last book, from um, Liam's death. Um, she's lacking confidence she's unsure of herself and she's really having to question everything that she thinks she does know um so that that moment you're mentioning is a great example of like something that even us as readers we think that we know because it's like set up in book one and we're very quickly having to question all of it um much like violet um uh so yeah violet spends so much of this book feeling guilty about her friends that she's um seen die you know right next to her and uh she's really second guessing her choices and i felt like this growth was um really like great and realistic right because even if she um has a really great first book where she's growing as this character and everything it makes sense that she's dealing with grief she's dealing with trauma and that she's going to um not be able to just ignore those things and continue on right Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of people saying that they found this part like super annoying which is very confusing to me because I think it takes me back to like the Hunger Games when it was first coming out and it's like I feel like now we look back on the Hunger Games as like it was written really well with like a main character that like obviously is struggling with a lot of PTSD because Katniss is just like yeah. you know like Gail and Peter are like, which one of us do you love? And she's like, my brother's in Christ. Like, I have other worries. Um, yeah. And so that's kind of how I felt about this, where, like, obviously Violet is a little bit more, like, romance-focused than Katniss was, but, like, mm-hmm. she's not just magically okay after everything that's happened. And there's even a point where Zayden calls out, like, how, how would you be okay? Like, your entire foundation, yeah. everything that you built your beliefs off of, 
was incorrect and you're like rebuilding from the ground up like you shouldn't feel confident like you shouldn't be okay right now like and he even says like I'm not okay like no one is okay like we're just yeah yeah and anyone who's sitting there saying that like Violet being insecure and having these issues like is annoying like I feel like they're just not being empathetic Mm-hmm. like yeah. have you never been insecure or have you never like gone through something that changed the way that you thought about things like reshape the way reframe the way you were thinking and feeling like because that's what that's what's happening happening to Violet and like you just have to be empathetic towards what's happening because she's a real human with real emotions mm-hmm. yeah and like what does she have to feel secure about on the flip side it's like everything that she's known right like she's watching those closest to her die. She's not sure how much she can trust Zayden because he's kept so much of this from her in the first book. Um, she can't trust Bazgayeth. She doesn't know. And because of that, she doesn't know like these next few years that she thought would be so predictable and just finishing out her education there and moving on and become a writer. Like she can't trust that anymore. She sees Brennan and even if she's excited, she can't trust everything that she's known. So like on what foundation would she have this trust right like so even Taryn right because Taryn knew Brennan was alive and so she even has moments where she's like are you telling me everything that you can be telling me you know like so she has all these big questions and not a lot of answers um I don't know I just feel like it's just very realistic and also I don't want to say like people are blindly following her but she has a lot of friends um, that are extremely loyal to her to the point where if she says I'm doing X they're like me too bestie and the problem mm-hmm. is that she knows that X the like probability of survival is like 5% and so for yeah. her to not at every stage say I have this responsibility because I know for example Rian and Riddick and Sawyer are going to follow me wherever I go Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily want to, them to risk their lives to do that. Her weighing that makes me like her more because it shows that she values her friends and their loyalty and doesn't just want them to like blindly follow her. Like she should right. weigh that responsibility. That's a big deal. Yeah. 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 She's going through so much, so many painful things. I mean, and also like side stuff too. Like, um, you know, obviously Mira gets involved a lot in this mm-hmm. book, but I think, um, you know, in the wake of finding out that Brennan's alive, which is, of course, great news, and her getting closer to Brennan, like, she then has to wonder, like, is Mira, is Mira going to join our side? Where does our, where does the general stand in all this? Where does our mother stand in this? Like, even for every moment she has of this little victory, um, her and Zayden get close, and then Kat comes into the picture, like, she just, girl can't catch a break. She, she really can't. cannot. This she whole, can't. yeah. She, she can't get five, three seconds of just peace. No. <laughs> and also, like, yeah, and also Zayden's, she finds out Zayden's been keeping all these secrets, which which kind of brings us to, like, talking a little bit more about their relationship, because, yeah. like, Violet starts out, we start out the book, and Violet feels, like, really betrayed by Zayden's secrets, and then throughout the majority of the story, she's kind of trying to figure out whether she can trust him again or not, and then we find out he's keeping another secret from her and then another secret from her. And so it's like every time she builds that trust up again, she feels like she can't trust him. And we just go through the same kind of thing happening over and over again. Um, And it, and it all like really affects her, even though he thinks that these secrets are like separate from her. Um, So yeah. Yeah. I I think this was done Mm -hmm. like super well, in my opinion, because it was that constant, 
push and pull and it wasn't just the one instance where he didn't share information with her right like you said Kaylee it's like okay they get to a point where she can kind of come to terms with that and then something else comes up and she's like my brother in Christ and then he says Mm -hmm. like well you didn't ask which is like I mean, uh, I think we yeah. all, like, can roll our eyes at that because, yeah. but also, for what it's worth, that is such a dude thing to say. Like, it's so it real. Um, but. It's also borderline gaslighting, I feel like. It's not the best, for yeah. sure. Because yeah. it, it involves sure. him of all responsibility. Well, and I think that in his head, he, he thinks of it as, like, a way to protect her, right? And, like, he doesn't have to, um... And another way, like maybe not, you know, dump all this, dump all this information on her when so much is already going on, right? So I think there's probably these ways that he probably rationalizes it, ra- rationalizes that decision. But yeah, Omega eye roll for me. I yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I will. And say- if I were in that situation, I wouldn't want to ask. Like I would just expect my partner to tell me these things. Like it'd be forthcoming about it. Like I found it a little bit toxic. Him. Honestly, like, I, I just thought it was a little bit toxic. I'm like, why can't you just come out and tell her these things? Like, yeah. does she prove where her, because I think it's one thing if, you know, especially considering they're in the midst of war and whatnot, like, it's one thing if you're unsure of the other person's loyalties, right? But I think she proved her loyalties, uh, her loyalty quite a bit in the end of Fourth Wing. I mean, the entire last, what, 20% of the book, a little bit yeah. more, is her basically being willing on a whim to throw away everything that she knows and trust him and trust um, the rebels and basically like give up everything that she thought she knew and um, mm-hmm. side, with, side with him. Right. So it's like, I think that she's proven her loyalty. Um, yeah. So yeah. to withhold information from her. Eh. Uh, yeah. yeah. But I, yeah. I didn't like that conflict though. I yeah. did. I think the conflict was written really well because besides when it got more into like that flavor for the most part, I could kind of see both sides of the argument, like particularly when he was saying like there are some things about the revolution, like things that we're doing that I cannot tell you for one, mm-hmm. for your safety and for two, because you're you don't have shield ability right now. Like I, I literally it's unsafe for me to share this on multiple levels. And so there were a lot of arguments that they had or disagreements, I guess I should say, even when they're talking about like like one of the things is like violet decides to go start looking into the ward stones and trying to figure out how to activate them and zayden is like you're fucking crazy like this is really unsafe whatever like that argument i can see why zayden is arguing what he's arguing and i'm like i kind of do agree it is crazy it is unsafe and violet's like this is the only way we're going to succeed and i'm like you're right sister like we have to take risks." so there were a lot of really good conflicts where it wasn't very obviously one side is right or one side is like mad for no reason or whatever um yeah but i will say also on the same topic of the like um you need to ask the questions every time she asked a question and he was like look at you asking questions good job i i was like that's a little condescending like do we, it is do we i'm like do that? i'm like she she is so smart like her whole thing is her scribe background like she eats up everyone okay when it comes to just being smart um so like like, bro, we don't know what to ask about you having a second submit. Go ask. Who the fuck would ask that? Yeah. Crazy. One good thing we got, one good thing we got from other conflict, though, was the letters that he writes her. I mean, True. come on. That True. had me, like, 
smiling blushing yeah, like, but, but we didn't we didn't get to read the letters we just got tiny little excerpts at the, at the beginning of some I chapters and i'm like come on rebecca what we want the letters we want to read all of them yeah like, here we go see here if she's putting out a special edition of this book um a let's do it with consistent sprayed edges if we're gonna do that and then uh <laughs> b, b let's go ahead and put those letters in there girly pop i want to see those yeah. add it to the back of the book i want to read them yeah, I want to know. I want to know the Zayden lore because it all seemed like super wholesome lore too. Like just this is where I like to sit and like whatever. It was like so fucking cute. Like I could not. I was overwhelmed. It was so cute. Okay, but can I just say I don't know if you guys felt like this, but some of the dial not the letters, but some of the dialogue with Zayden was a little bit cringe. It was a little cringe. And I, please don't yeah. hate me for saying that. But sometimes he would say these big, like, I love you monologues. And I'd be like, okay, would Zayden really say that? Like, badass Zayden, would he really say that? Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. Sorry, that was our platform uh, that we recorded um, having a moment. Um... <laughs> Yeah, you gotta watch this on i'm on, so sorry if you, on if you call us on, this is why we recommend check us out on youtube you'll get stuff like yeah. that i'm not gonna explain it any further yeah. um anyway <laughs> um yeah i agree kaylee and like part of that for me too is i almost feel like zayden got a little oversimplified in this book because he gets very like um one directional about like violet is everything to me and he says several times like i don't give a fuck about anything else anymore like i just want you to be safe and you to be okay and i get that it's very romantic whatever but also i still want zayden to be his own character with his own motivations and priorities because it mm -hmm. it doesn't it doesn't it's not giving you know if he's just yeah. her little like pet dog that like will do whatever for her it's not as exciting as like in the first book where they had lots of conflict because he had all these things that he was doing off to the side about these other people that he cared for. And mm -hmm. sometimes that didn't always like turn out the best for Violet, you know, mm -hmm. but that's interesting. That's real life. That's people. That's how it works. I do yeah. love to see a man grovel though. Yes. I do. Yeah. Love the yearning, the groveling, mm. Mm -hmm. that's yeah. the worshiping. I love the it. I love that. Yeah. No, we I love Zayden. We love Zayden, but sometimes it's a little, little too much. Yeah. Well, and I think too, part of it, <laughs> I have no um, words. I am deceased. Okay. Um. So what I was going to say, I think too. Um. I can think of an example when it's done well because I know exactly what you're talking about, Kaylee. And I agree. I think sometimes it's because it's the thing that sometimes I think authors will do where they're, yeah, things that they wouldn't put in dialogue. Like if they're describing like people's physical reactions to things, um, but then they do put it in dialogue, saying like you know, talking about the look on your face or something like that, like, then it becomes across as, like, no one would actually say this. It's just mm -hmm. how you're describing the reaction, right? The mm -hmm. only time, I do remember one time where it's done really well, which is um, the the quote about, um, or this is around the time where he's talking about, like, how fast, or how fast can someone fall out of love? And then he's talking about yeah. seeing the distress. There's something all over her face. Like, I don't remember what the exact line is, but he says yeah. something there um, when he can just, like, see see the paint so that's a little bit more dramatic but he has this line about i can see it all over your face and like that one and it's mm. also appropriate yeah. for the moment right because i think sometimes in the dialogue it's like 
I mean, they're in constant danger, whatever. There's a lot of drama and, like, conflict that happens throughout the book. Um, but sometimes it's, mm-hmm. like, you're feeling a little passionate right now for, like, what we what went on. Versus, like, that scene yeah. that you're talking about, Abby, it's, like, that's appropriate for, like, what just happened. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. correct. I guess the relationship ending moment, potentially. Yes. Yeah. That could be the Sometimes end. it's just, like, Violet getting hurt and it's, exactly. like, yeah. out of an injury. And then he's, yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I know exactly. Yeah. Sometimes it's a little little much but yeah. i do love to see a man grovel so yeah we do love to see a man grovel i just want zayden to keep his his spice okay and then, yeah we want him to still be a badass Come yeah on. i want him to be a bad a bad boy still well i think know. he is though he still has a lot of these like very like uh like she'll talk about like i think there's one scene i can't remember what's happening but she says like the zayden i'm looking at is not like you know, the Zayden she's in love with, like, it's, like, the wing leader. Like, he's still, oh, I think, yes. he's, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, he has his moments. That, or, like, he has, like, these more, like, spicy, flirty moments with her where, like, even when they're, it's not just, like, him being, like, a golden retriever. It's him saying some shit that got me blushing and kicking my feet and shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He has he has good banter. Much yeah, more banter than, like, other books that we've read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, agreed, yeah. agreed. You yeah. love Zayden. Oh, yeah. I shouldn't have said that because it's kind of triggering it again. Oh, no. You're, you're right. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, but besides Zayden and Violet's, like, constant push and pull as they reconfigure their entire relationship, we also have, like, a lot of, like I said, like, a lot of conflict throughout the rest of the book, a lot of classic antagonists. And I think for me, like, my personal favorite was Varish, um, yep. who he's mm. this, like, He's a grown man. He's like a colonel or something maybe. Um, but he replaces Daddy Atos at Basgaeth. Um, and he immediately is like, I fucking hate Violet. And I'm going to make her miserable in every way I can. Um, mm-hmm. And he really does. And I, it was like, it was such a good villain moment. Because he really, he had power over her because he was like a professor, or teacher, whatever. And um, so he could, like, literally force her to do things. Like, at one point, he almost makes her burn out and die as a punishment. Yeah. Or, like, something that, like, she essentially had no choice in. Um, and I really liked that dynamic. Um, and also, I loved that. Um, so Varish's dragon is named Solus. And Solus has one eye. And it, yeah. we find out that Taren took the other one out. And so I yeah. loved... That there was deep lore between Taryn and this other dragon. And because it also reminds you, like, these dragons have been around each other for hundreds of years. Of course yeah. they have deep lore. Of course they Conflict. have beef with each other. Yeah, girls are fighting. Like, yeah. beef. Yeah, capital B, beef. Yeah. yeah. No, I also loved, like, loved to hate uh, Varish. Um, he's so vile. And, like, I, uh, I, agree and i think that like particularly the um interrogation under the interrogation scene is just like ooh. like i remember as soon as i realized kind of going into that chapter that this was going to be like the interrogation chapter like i was mm-hmm. already bracing myself because i was you know the thought of like an interrogation scene is already so stressful considering everything that violet is having to keep in i mean it's like a pressure yeah. cooker like one wrong move and everything is over right so i agree mm-hmm. that i think it's way more interesting to have someone who is like a professor or a figure of like a powerful figure um, mm-hmm. uh, at 
like someone who has that power over her and can make her do that, you know, uh, yeah. versus Jack with year one. Like I, I think Ugh, yeah. yeah, he's just an annoyance. Like we'll get in more of that in a minute, but he's just annoying. Uh, okay. Mostly, but yeah, Varish is a very real threat. So. Um, and Jack, Jack has no reason to hate Violet in the first book. He just hates her. So like, yeah. it, it doesn't really make sense, but Varish hates Violet because he's suspicious of her yeah. and he thinks that she's hiding something constantly, and she which is. she yes. is. Yeah. 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 And they're yeah. on opposite sides of a, of a war essentially. Mm-hmm. And I think he kind of knows that. And so I don't know. It just adds to the, like the real stakes of it. You're like, okay, he might actually really hurt her, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. When I think the fact that he can't break her is so, because yeah. I think, you know, adding on to the fact that because he's a figure, a powerful figure, like he should be able to abuse his, if, if he can't overpower her in other ways, he should be able to use his authority to somehow break her. And he mm-hmm. can't even do that. And I think that that eats him up. It makes him angry. He does yeah. get rational because of it. Other professors notice it and they tell him off because of it. Like, yeah. And it's not to mention, Abby, uh, the big moment where he, like, it, this is after he makes Violet almost burn out the first time, and he threatens basically to do it again, and Taryn yeah. is like, fuck you. And so he goes, and he, like, he takes uh, Solace's, like, throat in his mouth and is, like, actively crunching and, like, yes. making Solace bleed, and, like, yes. Varish is like, holy shit, like, hold on, brother, because obviously Varish would die if Solus dies, yeah. and he knows Taryn doesn't give a fuck about Solus, so yeah. it's like, yeah, and Taryn makes uh, Varish, like, get, get on, on his knees, knees yes. and apologize to Violet. Yeah. First of all, Aiden. loved it. Loved yeah, Taryn so. actually throwing his weight around, because we get all this context the whole time about, like, how he's this bad bitch dragon, everyone's scared of him, but he's very measured and reserved yes and so i loved seeing him like lose his mind and actually like exert control over the situation um but yeah i mean i don't honestly i don't blame varish for hayden violet after that like that shit i cannot imagine how angry and embarrassing and like it was so good What's funny about that scene, though, is, like, imagine that they actually can't hear what Taryn is saying. Like, nobody can hear what Taryn and Solus are saying. Like, Mm, so they're just, like, watching this from an outside perspective. And it's silent. And this is happening. Like, I don't know. I just, I kind of think that's funny. You just eating my porridge in the dining hall and I look out the window and this is happening. (laughs) (laughs) Not porridge. Yeah, like, just being... A student at Baz Gaeth that's like not in Violet Circle at all, being like, "There she goes again, that crazy bitch and her dragon." Like, <laughs> point. What the fuck are the the rest of the students like? To be a fly on the wall, to be a nobody uh, at the school uh, during all this. Yeah, wow. to just be in like first first wing or whatever, just vibing, and then yeah. all this stuff is like passively happening, and you're like, "Can we not?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just like damn well at least you got the tea you know yeah, true <laughs> except they don't can you imagine how scary it is they're like what is going on like <laughs> i don't even know yeah what's <sighs> happening so speaking of uh antagonists so i already said it like jack we 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 felt this way in the first book we we're just like he's just annoying he's just i'm pretty yeah, sure we barely fun. even talked about him in the fourth wing episode yeah. because he felt like did. a mosquito like yeah exactly he's just yeah and like he also just yeah he's not interesting like i don't know he's just get he's giving like nothing uh, <laughs> he's a boy like just he's, he's not he's, a good villain no yeah. he's giving out of the box villain 
no customization. Yeah. 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 Like, it pulled him off the shelf. And so, like, in this book, he, like, returns. And he's, like, low-key, like, a big bad. Because he's the one that takes down the Wardstone. And Uh, my issue with this is that this scene could have been really powerful if it was someone that we actually thought was good Mm -hmm. turning out to be Venom. But when Jack returns, because he gets mended by Nolan, um, when Jack returns, Violet is always sus of him, as she should be. And we get told, like, he's he's being good and he's acting so nice. He even saves Violet's Mm -hmm. life at one point. The professors like him more. But we don't get enough contact with him to to really start to believe that he's turned over a new leaf. Um, and Violet mm-hmm. certainly doesn't. So there's no right. weight to like coming in and seeing Jack be like, I'm actually a villain. Cause it's like, you always were like, right. Cause yeah. he feels like he's, you know, he saved her in that one scene. And, but like, that's not enough because I think in her mind, cause remember when she's like about to like fall off. Like, yeah. She, the so many- yeah. Um, well, it's Atos's, and- um, assassins that try and kill her in the tower. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes, and then ultimately Jack saves her. Um, so my thing is that, um, like you said, and I think she even has this quote about like now she owes Jack like two life debts, like because she's killed yeah. him and because he just saved hers, and so and so but like he says they're even, which I also yeah. think is weird. And she's like, we're not even actually because I fucking killed your ass. <laughs> yeah, and I just feel like that whole thing, that whole scene was weird anyway. But bring it, tying it to this one, like um, that because that scene gets lost, like I almost forgot that that happened. It certainly isn't enough for by the time we get to the Wardstone, like. For me to think, be like, oh my gosh, but I was starting to trust Jack. Like, I forgot that that happened. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he, um, you know, if this was Dane. Yes. If it was Dane, if it was Rhiannon, Ooh. come on, that would have ate. If it was Rhiannon yeah. the whole time. And that, because it would also make sense why she was bugging Violet so much about, like, tell me what is going on. Like, tell me your secrets. Ooh. It would put that in a whole new flavor because she was actually trying to get intel. Like, there were so many yeah. options to make it more interesting than just, like, Jack, I don't know, being a fucking, like, I, I just don't care. I don't know. I don't know. Even Nolan would have been a good one yeah. To, yeah. to do that with. Totally. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, like, we have talked about, I don't know how many episodes now we've talked about uh, hating, like, the, we call it, like, the resurrection trope. I don't know if it yeah. has a term. But, I mean, I think the Seems. thing with Jack is essentially just that again, but just with a villain that we're not even that interested in. So I loved a lot of this book. Um, the whole Jack thing was one of the things that I liked the least just cause I was like, eh, yeah. kind of random and yeah. not necessary to do what needed to be done. You know? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. who didn't see it coming? Like, you know what I mean? Like we all kind of saw the whole Jack Venon thing coming because yeah. like he was being mended all that time. Right. He's treated like, like Frankenstein's damn monster. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, they're like, Oh, no one's just working on this, this thing. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Like, even, whatever. like, the thing that they built up with Nolan, for whatever reason, I just wasn't interested in that very much. Like, because they, they bring it up all the time in, like, the first half of the book. And they're like, Nolan's lead time for mending is, like, a week and a half. That's weird. And I'm like, okay. They bring it up all the time. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I think, too, that, like, I I honestly would still be more interested, like, I was more interested in learning what Nolan's motivations were and, like, how he was uh-huh. his betrayal than I ever was about Jack coming back. I, yes. like, Nolan 
betraying her hurt more and was more interesting, I think, than anything that happened with Jack. Yeah. Like, Although or like one of her professors would have been a good betrayal yeah. too. Like one of her her main professors that she loves. Like yeah. like Mark the general. Or, the okay, Mark. Yeah, yeah. That I was trying to figure it. out which one that was. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was Immateria for some reason, but yeah, I think you're right that it was Markham. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember There's what Immaterio does, but he comes with them to the to Arishia. Mm-hmm. So he's chill. Yeah, he's. Yeah, yeah. But <clears throat> um, so that brings us to another antagonist, which is Catriona, aka Cat. Um, she's Zayden's long lost ex betrothed slash fiance. Um, she's a griffin writer and she kind of just shows up like out of nowhere and we learn about her and Zayden. And I personally like I loved Kat. Like I loved seeing her come into the story. I thought she was a good antagonist and it's realistic that Violet would be like insecure about Kat mm-hmm. and X coming in, because who wouldn't be insecure about that? So I liked I liked that that little that yeah. sprinkle yeah no i i loved to hate cat you know like uh, like she just she quite literally like gets under violet's skin you know like i did think her whole do they call it is hers a signet too or is it just a pout like that's a good question they had a different a different word, word. For, it for flyers it was it's mind work i think oh is the term yeah. they use because all of their signets or abilities are based on like mental mental stuff, stuff right yeah, Ooh, yeah. so like her being able to get under literally like get under violet's skin and like heighten her emotions i did like as kind of a side note like i did find it really interesting when they had that like when they spar um yeah, that was a good like, scene Ooh. it was Ooh, good I, I ate that up and especially when i think that that was really fun not only for like the drama there but well and then for the scene with her and zayden afterwards which like Ooh. and then but then also <laughs> for zayden to basically talk to her and be like hey, you know, she's not planting anything in your head. Like, she's just heightening what's already there. And I think that was a big moment for Violet to have to confront these feelings of, like, jealousy and security about herself and everything that she was already kind of feeling um, about herself and about her relationship with Zayden. So anyway, I really liked Kat uh, as a standalone kind of, like, not villain, but, like, kind of, you know, I guess antagonist, um, but also because of what she kind of brought to light about Violet's character as well. Yeah, I think she serves as, like, a really incredible maybe not exactly a foil but like she exposes what is and has been and probably will be Violet's weakness throughout the entire series which is that Violet is very vulnerable to her emotions and to doing things mm-hmm. in the moment and like following her kind yeah. of like her heart and whatever um and so for Kat to specifically have a power that can like take advantage of that weakness I think is just like it was a sleigh honestly mm-hmm. and I was here for Kat. I, honestly, the roast that she had for Violet, she ate. She ate she, Kat, she, did. she ate Violet up. And Violet had, like, she had the one good um, retort where she she's like, hey, you know how you, you taught Zayden the thing with his fingers? The thing Thank that Zayden does. Yeah. Which she ate with that. But that was really the only time she got one up on Kat. Kat she was really did. Yeah, My favorite was when Kat was talking and... and- uh, Violet was like, well, he was never like in love with you or whatever, and she was like, well, this isn't about love, yeah, Violet. And I, I just loved that part. Like, yeah. I was like, she's we're all like she's such oh. a good antagonist, like, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think too, like, I like that because again, and I'm here for the romance. It's probably like the primary thing I care about in a book, honestly. 
but yeah this book is very focused between violet and zayden and their relationship and so i think something like that is good to remind violet like there are bigger things in the world and there are things that are like more important than like i want him to be in love with me i want the power that comes with zayden like girl please like get it together by all means yeah 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 Yeah. well and i think too um something i really liked about this book in general is that um uh kind of the same way we're talking about how like violet's character um she has these kind of lapses or she has these moments of like weakness and insecurity and things like that like i think that this book progressed really well from book one where um it doesn't just like you know, launch into her and her and Zayden being this like power duo and they just fight mm-hmm. this war and nothing else goes on. Like, um, I love that we see these insecurities. I love that an ex enters the picture. And now that there's this, like, you know, that aspect to it, it's not just all this like very like serious wartime stuff. It's also just other things that are going to impact your relationship and your sense of self and your insecurity or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. So, um, yeah, I, I, I liked her a lot. Yeah. You know, she pissed me. And I want to call out, too, that, like, as a trope kind of thing, the ex entering the picture is is far from my favorite because I think a lot of the times um, the, the, like, main girl character, you know, they get kind of positioned as enemies to each other for, like, not a real reason a lot of the times and she mm-hmm. just like hates the ex and then you know it's it, it becomes very catty and like not meaningful um and so I was really ready to kind of like hate this this segment of the book that we were going into mm-hmm. um and so I just want to like praise Rebecca Yaros for making yeah. it like fun and engaging um because uh-huh. Violet like literally does everything she can to be mature about the situation like she talks herself down like don't be jealous. Like he has an ex. Like you have exes. It's not that big of a deal. And uh-huh. Kat is like, no. <laughs> yeah. And they end up they end up kind of on good terms towards the end too. Yeah. Like Kat actually like cares about what happens to Violet, which mm-hmm. is good. Like we don't see that a lot in books. Like we like seeing girl girls on girl girl not girls on girls. Girls on girls. girl. We love seeing girls on girl. <laughs> girl girl hand holding women Yay. supporting women <laughs> that's what i was looking that's for get there but you guys knew what i was trying to say i know, I know what you're saying <laughs> yeah yeah no I and i well and i think the thing too again like going to what you're saying maddie about um you know giving some praise for like how the whole situation or how this whole bit is written like i think that there's a line where um violet is basically acknowledging that cat is a lot like Zayden. Like she says mm. something about her being like the girl version of Zayden or something. Like there's this line she's talking about that. And so again, I think what it's doing is um, more than just like a petty little ex drama. It's putting, confronting Violet with like having to look at herself and like, what does Zayden want from me? Like why, mm-hmm. what value do I give to him if he's, <sighs> as he's uh, withholding all this information from me and keeping all these secrets? Like what does he actually want about me? Because I'm having a hard time seeing it, you know? Right. So anyway, yeah, yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. And when we're talking about ex-love interests, we surely have to talk about me being correct. (laughs) Uh, We get a Dane redemption arc in this book, y'all. You got a side-eye from me about that. (laughs) (laughs) Hee-hee-hee-hee-hee-hee-hee-hee-hee-hee-hee-hee-hee-hee-hee-hee-hee-hee-hee-hee-hee-hee-hee-hee-hee-hee-hee-hee-
so as, as you may or may not know, I was kind of a Dane stan, um, and I didn't really understand, like, the full turn that he had in the end of the book, um, and I just thought, like, oh, okay, that was kind of weird, um, but so in this book, um, Varish is, like, torturing Violet, and he summons Dane for the second time for some fucking reason, by the way. Lane. Yeah, why didn't that happen twice? Oh, yeah, that was weird. Save it but. for one big dramatic reveal, please. Yeah. Anyways, the second time that Dane is summoned, when Violet is, like, actually genuinely being tortured, Varish basically, like, manipulates Dane or convinces him, whatever, to, like, read Violet's memories. And Violet forces her memories of, like, wh- what actually happened with the Wyvern and the gr- – and um, not the Griffins, the Wyvern and the Venon and blah, 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 to show Dane the truth. And mm-hmm. Dane ends up being, like, I fucked up and helps her escape and kind of then joins the revolution. Um, and I was here for it. I think it was handled really well. Um, I, I, for me, I always felt like Dane wasn't evil. He's just stupid. Like he's just (laughs) a himbo and he loves rules because he cannot think critically about anything he doesn't want to have to think critically he likes black and white right and wrong and he didn't i just genuinely i just think he's stupid and he thought he was saving violet by tattling and then when he realizes that his dad is literally like satan he's like damn i don't that's not what i'm about you know no i'm not only the type to to admit when i'm wrong but i will give it to you because I am here for the thought of Dane just being a himbo. Okay. Yeah. Like I, I'm here for one thing about me. I love just having the, the, yeah, the dude in the book is just your, your token himbo. Okay. Yeah. And I, I, so all this to say, like, yeah, I did not like him at all in the first book because he just was just a rule follower for the sake of it. Um, which maybe that's just because, you know, I guess he was because he's one year ahead of Violet, right? So he mm-hmm. would have been a second year. So, like, you know, it kind of makes you think of like um, earlier on, maybe in like high school or something. Like, you're just getting started, like, and then by the time it's your senior year, you don't you don't give a shit, right? You're just yeah. you're just going with the flow. So I was like, maybe writing it off is just like, oh, he's just a you know goody two shoes, you know, good student, whatever. But um, but yeah, I think it makes sense that no, he actually, maybe he thought he was doing the right thing and he was just wrong and he was just stupid and he wasn't thinking it through. Um, but he, he did. Yeah. He grew on me in this book. I will never be, yeah. let me say it now. I'm going to say this now. And then in 10 years when book five or whatever comes out, we can do this. <laughs> well, in um, six months at the rate that Rebecca is going, honestly. <laughs> in three months. Yeah, okay, can you hear me? Hopefully. Um, I will never be a Dane and Violet shipper. Mm. No, either. Is anyone? If you are, please don't listen to our podcast. Yeah. Or um, do, and then just tell us why, let us know why you are. You got to give a pretty compelling reason um, at this point. Um, Because a himbo's job is just to be there and look hot and be fun and be there. So I don't ship him with Violet, but I'm here for it. Yeah. And Dane does a great job at that in the second half of the book. I mean, there's like one conversation he has with Violet where he's like, do you love Zayden? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, say less. I'm with you, sister. Like, and it, like, that's cool. as simple as he is. Like, I'm telling you, 
my homeboy may have two brain cells to rub together and I love it for him because that's who we need okay we just need him to be there and be big and bulky and you know support Violet uncomplicated you know yeah I yeah yeah. I mean I loved the Dane redemption arc like I was here for it and I was not a Dane fan I was a Dane hater you were from like hater during the first book and I found myself rooting for him and Violet's friendship just their friendship um which shows just like how well written his redemption arc was because like if it wasn't well written I would I would still be here hating Dane so Yeah. yeah same same I was definitely prepared to hate Dane even more um and mm-hmm. somehow you know he just yeah he grew on me so yeah, yeah. I will and- not be shipping him but he grew <laughs> I'd be, I'd be like to be clear <laughs> but yeah he grew on me yeah he grew on me and also another person that grew on me this book was Violet's mom um I was a Violet's mom hater and her name is Lilith so I'll just refer to that way I was a Lilith hater she she reminded me too much of like the mom that will never be satiated will never be happy and like I was convinced that Violet would continue like vying for her mom's attention and she would never get it and that would be kind of like a lesson that Violet gets but actually relatively early in the book Violet's mom kind of reveals herself as being I don't want to say softer, but softer for her kids and that she cares a lot more about Violet than even like Violet even realized. And she ends up like even aiding them in the rebellion and like letting Mira leave to go join the the revolution. And um, and then at the end of the book. We she have, dies. She dies. She dies. She not only dies, but she Kaylee sacrifices herself. <laughs> Give her, yeah. let her have this, Kaylee. She, she, Violet is about to sacrifice herself because it's Violet. Of course she is. And then um, Lilith is like, not my daughter. And she forces Violet away from the thing. And she makes Liam's little sister Sloane like siphon her energy into the Wardstone instead to like power the Wardstone. Um, hers and Aimsers, Aim her dragon, and they yeah. die. And she, that's how it works. And it's it's crazy. I did tear up for Violet and Mira really? and Brennan. Yeah, because they were you so teared sad. up for that. Yeah, their reactions. What? Brennan like being like close to death and trying to like stumble over to like mend her. That was emotional, man. Aw. Well, Especially because Brennan was like low key. Sorry, that was that was rude. That was a rude. Really well, I regret it. Well, I so sad. I in typical Maddie Kaylee fashion, yeah. I completely felt differently. Like I, we saw, we all saw it coming. Like we knew General Soringale was going to sacrifice herself. Like there was no surprise. I don't know if I saw it coming. I thought she. Would I die. totally saw that coming. Like. I don't know because I feel like that's what always happens in books like with the parent like I'm trying to think what other book that happened in but there was another book I read where like the dad sacrifices himself for his daughter maybe mm. it was in I don't know but anyway even I saw little, it coming in. even her little excerpt didn't get you where it was like I forget what it was but it was like I told them like if I ever died it wouldn't be for my country it would be for my children that didn't even get yeah. you no, Lily but maybe I'm heartless. So but I didn't care about her. I didn't care about Lilith because she's she's not a good person. I don't know. I'm she's not a good person. I wasn't sad that Lilith died. I was sad that Mira Brennan and uh, Violet lost their mom, who they were forming a yeah. new relationship with. Especially that because I Brennan, with. when they first meet, 
their mom or like kind of like she sees Brennan's live, whatever. Brennan is like a bitch to their mom. And like I didn't expect yeah. him to be as hateful as he was to their mom, which like he has his reasons. Like I'm not judging him, but he has deep malice for her. And so I, it did tug at my heartstrings a little bit because she was like, oh my God, like my boy, like she's obviously so emotional and happy to see him alive. And he's like, I hope you fucking die. But then when it came down to it, he's like, no, not my mom. Well, I think I really like too that you say what you said about like um, their new relationship with her too, because I think the reason why I didn't see it coming in the end is because honestly, I still did not trust her even when she kept doing things for the kids. So like Mm -hmm. when she let Mira go, I was like, there's got to be a catch here or when she gave um violet the information about the wards or whatever like yeah. i was like there's got to be a catch like i don't trust that she's not on that she's actually taking their side or trying to help them i was always waiting for the other shoe to drop and just like there to be some sort of um reveal that she still was against them like she was doing that to get their trust to then betray them mm-hmm. um so i didn't trust where her loyalties were you know were so when we find out that like no those were actually actually like genuine actions. Like that's what it hurt. I have the hold on, I have the quote here because we have to pull this one. Up. Uh, Most generals dream of dying in service to their kingdom, but you know me better than that, my love. When I fall, it will be for one reason only to protect my children. It's cute. That hurt. It's sad. It hurt it, that man. It's sad. Hurt it. it's sad. Yeah, it is sad. But yeah, it's just me. But so in true Abby fashion, I'm somewhere kind of between both. <laughs> Because um, I did, so I teared up at the end too, but I also was not, she didn't, I wouldn't say that she really grew on me as a character, like throughout the books, I was still not trustful of her. I was still waiting for some sort of betrayal until that final scene. And then Mm -hmm. I was like, that's when I felt it because I was like, oh, no, she actually meant it. So Yeah. And I also want to call out, like, I was extremely fascinated by how she actually does it because Sloane is a siphon. She's like brand new Mm -hmm. manifested her signet so she doesn't even really know how to use it and she obviously well maybe not obviously but throughout the whole book she's basically like kind of hated violet she warms Mm -hmm. up a little bit but like she has a lot of malice towards the soaringales for obvious reasons um Mm -hmm. and so when lilith goes to sacrifice herself and she needs sloan to help her do it um because she can't imbue directly um she starts like saying things to sloan like remember I killed your parents. I made you watch. I did X. I did Y. Yeah. I was the reason that your brother, like, and she starts saying yeah. these things to manipulate him. Yeah, yeah. To, to manipulate Sloan into like, being able to do it or, or having the emotion behind it to, like, make yeah. her signet do it. And I just thought that was really interesting and complicated and, like, I don't know. It, obviously, it didn't make me like her because, like, she clearly has done many evil things. But I was like, that is just, like, such a fascinating dynamic that, like, you are taking ownership of all the shitty things that you've done while you're choosing to sacrifice yourself. You know what I mean? It was, yeah. like, a complicated well, yeah. dynamic. Yeah. Well, because I think that what it is, too, is understanding that, like, even as her kids are starting to develop this new relationship with her, like, at the end of the day, like, she is a general who's known for being brutal. She's a general who's known for being very powerful, like – this every, all these nice things she's doing don't change at the end of the day everyone knows her as a hard ass and as a force to be reckoned with and like that's how she's going to die she's mm-hmm. going to go out being what everyone thinks that she is and mm-hmm. but also with the complexity of like once you realize that she was risking her life for her daughter you have a 
a new respect for her. But at the end of the day, like she still dies being what people think she is, you know? So. Yeah. And with very little remorse because she still believes that what she did was for her children. And I respect that. I don't think everyone needs to have an arc where they do something and then they come to terms with the fact that it was like the wrong thing to do. And they, they kind of have this like whole Mm -hmm. apology arc thing where they're like trying to make it up I think it's fun and interesting to read a redemption arc that's more like I still don't regret what I did then because Mm -hmm. I did it for the same reasons that I'm doing the opposite thing now Mm -hmm. I think that's very realistic yeah Yeah. because most people do not flip from side to side completely unless the motivations match and for General Thorngale they do match you know all of her Mm -hmm. kids now are on the revolution and she knows Brendan's alive like Homegirl was like, well, that's it for me. Like, I, I'm i out. Yeah. 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 I what I have to do. Yeah. yeah. Something something else that happens near the end is um, Satan's signet, second signet reveal. Um, so we knew kind of from fourth wing that Segale was previously bonded to Zayden's grandfather and that it was like a really crazy thing for dragons to do to bond with someone that was in the direct family line because it can give them a second signet. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so we learned that the Zayden's second signet is learning or not learning. It's being able to read, kind of read people's minds and see what their intentions are, mm-hmm. um, which is really interesting. Um, so yeah. I knew it was going to be mine reading as soon as I found out that it was going to be a second, that there was going to be a second signet just because I had seen that theory like running around TikTok a lot. Mm. Mm. I I didn't know. And I, I this scene is um one of my favorites i think in the book um but uh this whole build-up of you know violet um is basically because we know that a signet has um is connected to something about you kind of intrinsically and like what you need Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. so um so violet who you know like who better to have this scene play out with than the person who well, I can't even say knows you best because a big theme in this book is her trying to actually know Zayden. But yeah. this person who is close to you and would know at least some of those vulnerabilities and things like that that you aren't willing to show to others. So the scene where Violet is going through all these things that he needs and she's saying it, she's saying it, she's saying it. It's and so it good. Is. And it, yeah, it's so good. And it hurts so bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And Zayden's uh, like, stop, stop, stop like yeah. don't go any further oh it's so uh, good it's so and good it's something like don't go further or to a point that we can't what is we can't come back from can't yeah back from. And, and then yeah. and then when it's revealed and she he sees the expression on her face he says less than a minute that's how long it took for you to fall out of love with me yeah and that just uh, that that part actually made me tear up now that yeah, i'm thinking about it that part crushed me yeah because you can really feel what he was feeling what she was feeling she's feeling betrayed like who wouldn't feel betrayed by this this is a huge secret that Mm -hmm. changes everything about their relationship well Mm -hmm. and that's why i always like um well and i love the dane parallels too right where not only like the more obvious stuff about like having the signet that's very powerful and that um is kept secret because of the power how powerful it is, but also like the thing that hurts with Dane's betrayal. And I remember we talked about this in the last episode or in the episode for uh, fourth wing is that you then have to go back and question every interaction that he's ever had with Violet. Right. Yeah, and you have to yeah. see if that moment was 
a genuine moment between the two of them or not, or if it was also a betrayal. And so then you think of that with Zayden. And of course, that's exactly where Violet's mind goes to is how much of our interactions have been something that you have in a way had influence mm-hmm. over because you were able to read me like this. And so then mm-hmm. you can manipulate me. Um, and I and also so want to add always Abby, yeah. that that is an added layer on top of realizing um, that he made a deal with Violet's mom that he would protect her for her first year. Yes. So that's oh, a right. hurdle we've yeah. already gotten over where she's already had this question of like, Mm-hmm. So the only reason that he was involved with me was because of my mom. And he was like, no, I've left you from the... And then now this. So it's an, a second yeah. layer of like, again, the same well, thing. And, and it's I also think, interesting yeah. because he says that he's loved her since the first time they kissed. And then at the same time, she asks him like, so did you read my mind? Or, or he brings up that he like read yeah. her mind before, not read her mind, I keep saying that, but read her intentions yeah. before he kissed her and knew that she wanted to kiss him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it like, it just, I don't know, it just totally reshapes how you, how you remember that scene. Yeah. Well, and I think too, um, uh, something I'm going to get into a little bit later and get hot takes. I won't spoil that. But like uh, we talk about um, sometimes there are things hurt worse than like things that hurt, for example, like punishments that hurt worse than death or fates that are worse than death. Right. Or in this case, sometimes I think something like this is more painful than like um, a relationship just ending. Right. Cause then you have to call into question everything that you think you do know, mm-hmm. which is again, a theme with her throughout this entire series so far is her whole history. She has to call into question her whole family. She has to call into question um, her whole upbringing and what she thought her future was going to be as a scribe. She has to call into question. Right. So now this mm-hmm. thing that she values so deeply, she, it's not only about her future with Zayden and trying to get them to a place where they're no longer holding these secrets, but it's also calling into question everything she thought she knew about him thus far. Not mm-hmm. just what she doesn't know yet, mm-hmm. because that's a big theme of wanting to know him more, but everything that she thought she at least had a hold on what she did know, and she yeah. can't even have that now. And so, uh, yeah. I Wild do have move. one small potential gripe with this, okay? Sure. Um, and it's that... So the, the way that we actually find out that this is a possibility is through Sloane. She mm-hmm. kind of like offhandedly mentions that her dragon bonded with like, it was like her great, great grandmother or something. And so like, she's, she's basically saying like, we're distant enough that it, we didn't run the risk of me being mad, but also we didn't have the opportunity for me to get a second signet. And this is like the first yeah. time that Violet is really, either she's finding it out for the first time or um she's just putting it together that like oh Zayden could have this second signet thing and Mm -hmm. so I didn't expect him to have a second signet at all so Zayden betrayed me personally um I thought (laughs) oh he he's gonna have like a risk of going mad and that's gonna be part of the plot is like we're not gonna be able to trust Zayden's judgment blah, blah 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 I was going down that path I did not expect him to have a second signet but my question is if Sloane knows this and it's not presented as, like, necessarily a secret because obviously everyone knows that dragons shouldn't bond within the direct family line. I'm confused about how Zayden has gotten away with it thus far because also mm-hmm. when Violet presents it to him, it's not even like a you could go mad later thing. She presents it like you either go mad or... Or you get a second signet and you're not mad. So this means you have a second signet, period. Like both of those things would have Mm -hmm. happened. So 
how do we have people, for example, certainly the generals and stuff would know about this thing. I don't understand how Zayden could have gotten away with not at least pretending to to have a different signet. He tries to explain it away, but I remember having the same kind of thought of like, Mm -hmm. I hadn't even put together what you just said, Maddie, about like you either go mad or this happens. I hadn't put that together either. Yeah, I hadn't put that together, but I did, I do remember having a moment like, kind of have to think about it for a second when he's kind of trying to explain because he he makes he has this explanation about like um basically they were trying to suss him out because they knew that he would or some of the generals or like professors or something are trying to suss it out because they knew that he should have a second signet mm. and he just tries to kind of like play it off and like lies it off i guess um but and they think it's like his great uncle instead of his grandfather yeah, yeah. Yes, that's true yeah I, but i remember reading that and thinking like but how he did he not know a his, little too easy? His yeah. family line. He he had like essentially a royal family line that would have been well documented, and they would. They're yeah. dragons at minimum. Like you're telling me, Koda or however you say General Melgren's dragon's name is yeah. not going to be like. No, I remember who Segale bonded. That was his straight up grandfather. Well, and my thing is too. Yeah. Is we're so used to the Zayden that we know is a Zayden that's not really trusted by professors and everything. Right. But we don't really know early on Zayden, right? And so, like, or you know, before Violet. Um, and so, my thing is too is like, um, in our head, in my head, my first thing was like, how are they not suspicious of him? Mm-hmm. Like, for having. But the other thing is too, on the flip side of that, it's not only a negative thing. Like, it's a good thing too, right? Of like, if I know that one of my writers who's from this incredibly powerful bloodline could have a second signet. Yeah. And he's at my in 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 my war college. Um, yeah. I am trying to train that second signet. Like I want him to be even more powerful if he is because mm-hmm. they're already know, using him as a weapon, as like their strongest weapon until Violet comes yeah. along. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, no, I, I I didn't think there was enough explanation on that. And then so. I did I did roll my eyes a little bit when it was like, of course he has like mind reading. Of course that would be the second signet. It couldn't just be something like fucking normal. Of course yeah, I did think it, it was funny that. when I yeah. think Haley that you're like, oh, I knew that it was me mind reading because yeah. for me I, I I I did not catch on fast enough. So she's like listing off all these things, and I'm like what yeah what else is he really and then um as soon as she put the connection together i was like oh okay i thought it was gonna be like this like random thing apparently in the first book this is something that i heard on tiktok apparently in the first book the reason we know it's mind reading is because she says things in her mind out like she says them how do i say this Mm -hmm. like to her she says things in her mind and he responds to them and then she'll say oh i didn't know i said that out loud and so that's how people figured out that he could read minds but is it not through the so okay yeah but the bond has to be intentional is that what it is so you yes. have she has to like consciously like want to be talking to him versus something that yeah she's thinking to herself that he catches on to okay right then, right okay. she's just thinking to herself but then my question is like because they kind of he's like i'm an intrinsic but i can only read intentions but he draws so much from the intentions that i'm like i don't fully understand yeah what's an information he's getting because it's almost like i was like oh of course he's an intrinsic roll my eyes and then he's like well i can only read intentions and i'm like okay that's that's a little better that makes sense for his character whatever but then it's like he can garner so much information that i'm like i don't understand the difference like yeah i I don't i'm looking forward to i'm sure that we'll figure out and i'm sure that 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 is it's fascinating because i haven't thought about yet too how this is going to impact you know uh his uh 
his new look, if you will. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I yeah much much to think about much, much to, think, to about. think about. And we yeah. speaking of second signets, uh, we also have Violet who's going to get a second signet because um, and I think it's going to be quirky because the another big reveal is that Andarna um, is yeah. a seventh species of dragon a whole separate thing um when yep. she first kind of like appears in the book she's like i'm i'm a black dragon it's chill and violet they did have this moment where violet was like really a black dragon which again i was like okay true because that was me i was like really a mm-hmm. black dragon yeah and uh taryn is just like eh, it, you know it is what it is whatever um but then at the end of the novel it's revealed and there's there's several like little bits that you realize something's weird with andarna but at the end of the novel it's revealed she can basically like change her coloring at will and camouflage and like basically go invisible um so yeah yeah there's a lot to unpack yeah so okay so one thing i didn't like or well I can't even say it. Like, I won't say it's a strong enough feeling that I didn't like it, but I was kind of like iffy on was the whole dreamless sleep. Like, uh, the first, um, like half. half Yeah. I was like, this seems like a really convenient way to have Andarna not have to get up mixed up in all this. And then to then reveal Mm -hmm. her as this like incredibly powerful dragon. Like Mm -hmm. I, I was kind of like, but now that if she were just like any other, if she weren't like a whole separate species, if it wasn't this whole really dramatic reveal, then I think the whole thing about like, oh, she's in a dream, she's in a dreamless sleep, kind of longer than everyone else is. Like, I would have kind of hated that if it was yeah. just like, oh, you know, she was just tired, taking she a just eat nap. Yeah, she just eepy. She's an eepy baby, which like cute, but yeah, um, I'm really excited to see how this pans out um, in the next book. That's for damn yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I. I don't know. To me, there are just like so many special things going on about the Violet, Zayden, Taryn, Segale, yeah, yes. and Darna, five some. There's so many special things about them at this point. One, it's hard to keep track. Two, they're basically invincible, so it lowers the stakes. And and yeah. also, like, it, it was convenient. Like, of course, it's Violet's dragon. That's the, the seventh special species exactly. of dragon. And she's the one trying to figure out how to raise the wards at the same time. Of yep. course, it's her dragon. Yep. And so it was just, like, kind of another thing thrown in there to me. And I, I didn't – I did not like it. Well, and, and do you, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Maddie. I was just going to say, like, this is exactly what I was talking about um, last time, which we'll kind of get into more later, too. But, like, there's just so much that it's, like – they don't need to be that powerful. It's so complicated. And I really just wanted Andarna to be like an orange dagger tail. You know, like I just wanted yeah, her to be yeah. a normal ass dragon that was like fun. And there's like cute, like it's really cute that Andarna is like, I waited uh, 650 years. And when I heard there was a scribe, you know, that was going to join the writer's court, whatever, I chose you like before I even met you. Like, don't get me wrong it's really cute but yeah I just is she so quirked up man I just she is and Zayden's yeah. quirked well, up and especially now like I don't know well and I was gonna say that was what you just brought up was exactly what I was thinking about of like I felt the same way where Andarna gives her like little like the big you know this reveal at the end with her and she says like all this really sweet stuff really and cute. but I guess yeah I'm just it's a little too convenient. All of it, it's just too convenient. 
It is. Yeah. It's too much. She's adorable. I'm excited to see what this means uh, for Violet and for her, but also yeah, a lot of a lot of convenient things all at once. Yeah. Yeah. Except. Except something very inconvenient. Uh, something pretty inconvenient and pretty something that could probably change the entire course of the rest of this series. Um, so, um, and what is probably the craziest like last two chapters of a book which if you've been listening to our other episodes um we've just did stuff on serpent in the wings of the night which those books have some really wild uh endings particularly the first one um so we're back to that again of mm-hmm. a really crazy book i do love um but uh so anyway uh we have zayden um who um in the final battle things become extremely bleak and he's basically having like one-on-one fighting the sage um been in the big big bin and not the big big bad but the the one a little bit bad um uh while while violet tries to um fix the wardstone and so um he's losing the fight by quite a lot and simultaneously violet is of course sacrificing or actively sacrificing her life in that moment to fix the whole wardstone and so he senses this and in a moment of desperation he pulls energy from the land to overcome the sage and win the fight but by doing this, um, he himself becomes a venom uh, with no. a massive addiction to power. And um, I, my, my, the, my jaw dropped. I was telling uh, Maddie and Kaylee this um, earlier, but I was in the car listening to this um, audiobook, and I'm pretty sure the person next to me just saw me just catching flies my 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 jaw literally <laughs> dropped i you know it's like the whole thing with uh cadet Sorengale happened i'm like oh so sad uh the andarna reveal i'm like oh wow wild and then this i just my jaw dropped yeah. can i say i i love the way this was written because yeah. the words go up and you're like okay we're fine and she, violet had like connected with zayden's mm-hmm. bond whatever the fuck to, to, and it was like she could tell he was also like about to die whatever so things are going really really bad and then so the words go up and you get this like moment of like okay and then she is like taryn what's going on and taryn's like he's alive but there's something mm-hmm. in the quiet that you know that's not right and uh you know she goes up to them and they're kind of like blocking her view of him and she's like like are we are we chill and they're like you can go and Sigil kind of moves aside and he's like facing away from her and she's like be careful of what you say and it was just so good because like you fucking know something has gone terribly wrong and I just the buildup of it the quiet stillness that like is alarming after like the end of a battle it was just like amplified in like a really good way it was and i yeah and i totally spoiled this for myself because i kept seeing tiktoks about it and so i i had to google what happened at the end i was like sitting at a restaurant and i googled it and then i was just crushed like i was like this cannot be the end of the book well um and yeah yeah oh sorry no go ahead it was just it was crushing and yeah it killed me well, and uh, when you texted us that you had Googled it, too, I was like, um, so I, I just, fun fact, I finished the book like 45 minutes before we recorded. Um, so uh, <laughs> because I, and I've been reading a lot, I'm just not, I'm 
I, your girl is not a fast reader. But anyway, um, so like when you texted that, I was like, oh shit, I really got it. I need to finish this like yeah. now. I need to know. Um, but uh, well, so, okay. So we did really like the way that that scene was written, even though it's like crushing, like extremely yeah, painful. It was great. But then I think something that we had kind of talked about was like, one thing I did not like was the Zen to then get Zayden's perspective. Like we yeah, don't need hated it. We just could have cut. It was horrible. It was bad. For any uh, Twilight fans, we could have breaking dawn that shit where it's just like you know you get that scene at the end of Breaking Dawn Part One where Bella's eyes open and it's just yep. red. You just see red. I want I want that at the end of this book. I don't want to hear his perspective. I don't want any of that whole scene with Jack. I just want cut and cut scene. Agreed. In fact, it's honestly. Loki ironic because um in a wonderful scene in the book we get Zayden's perspective through him feeding it through to, uh, to Violet through their bond okay and we get his view on things and it's great it's a lovely moment okay and I was I was really here for it and I was thinking to myself I want to talk about how glad I am that they did it that way instead of making us read a chapter that's like dual pov from zayden's perspective true and uh now i can't give that praise because we i had to suffer through that first of all i was extremely confused because like you know i'm alarmed after the last chapter so like i'm skimming okay and i didn't see the stupid little heading that's like zayden and so i read the first like three pages and i was like what the fuck is Violet talking about? Like, what is, yeah. what is going on? And then I, so I, I had to reread it like three times before I realized like, oh, this is, oh, uh, uh, gross. I hated that. Yeah. And then Jack saying, guess we're brothers now. Yeah. Hate. Ick. 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 But one, thing, one thing I do want to talk about is how when you become a venom, when your dragon dies, it doesn't kill you too, which is something we saw with Jack. And I felt like that setup was so good because it leads us to kind of thinking and putting things together and thinking like, oh, so that means when if Zayden dies, Violet is not going to die too. And mm-hmm. neither is Taryn and neither yeah. is Sigail. Yeah. And so I just feel like that setup was so, so, so good. Um, You're so right. Yeah. yeah. I really had not, before you said that, I really had not thought about that. Like that is so intentional. Yeah. You know? That is really smart. Yep. And I also want to draw a quick comparison, again, about the writing and the parallelism that I really enjoyed here, because when Violet is imbuing the Wardstone, she has a moment where she kind of feels the power from the land, and she literally says, like, it would be so easy to pull the power through the land and imbue the stone, and I would live, and it would be fine, and it would work. Um, And she chooses instead to to sacrifice herself um, and not do the thing versus Zayden who felt basically the same exact thing in the same exact moment of desperation and he chose to do it and I really mm-hmm. like that parallelism of how they make choices and where their priorities are because the yeah. truth is Zayden he would do the evil thing he would do the evil thing if it matched his motivations and I think he's really similar to Violet's mom in that way they yeah. are very similar in how they make choices. And Zayden warns us about this through the whole book. So I just thought it really was Well, cool. and it's all in the name of, like, well, this is going to be so cheesy. In the name of love. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I I think that it 
you know, it's easy to maybe group Violet and Zayden together as having similar motivations and they are similar, but prioritization is different, right? Where like he does care about protecting his people, but at the end where he kind of says to, to Violet, like, you know, if you wanted to, if you wanted to fly out and like leave this whole thing before this whole scene happens, where he becomes like, it's like five um, minutes before battle. Yeah, like, haha, unless, like, what if we left? Uh, that's something that Violet wouldn't do because Never. Violet, her priorities are still protecting, I think, you know, um, protecting the people over her connection to him, I mm-hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I agree. That's a that's an interesting way to see their priorities. Um, so... I want to share my my next book prediction with you guys, okay? Because okay. I feel like it's going to be true. Okay, but it. I feel like Violet's going to spend the whole book searching for a cure for Zayden. Mm-hmm. And then she'll find out, like, her dad or Zayden's mom, one of them has something to do with this cure. And then Zayden will be cured, but it will require making some sort of big sacrifice. And then, yeah, I'm not sure what's going to happen in the two books after that. But that's my prediction for the next book. I think the whole thing will be her searching for a cure for him. I think that's true. I don't know if it'll be if Zayden gets cured next book. I almost think that's a waste of the twist. I think it should be later on in the series since this is gonna be five whole books. My God, true. You know, drag it out. I have a very, I have like a very like technical question. Mm -hmm. Okay, so can can non-venom i guess uh can you am i tripping to think that you can't like touch them or doesn't something happen if they touch you or is that just in one you're right they can suck the power out of they have to choose to 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 choose to do that yeah yeah choose to suck yeah which every venom has thus far right so you can choose to suck Right. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> oh, okay. So then when we get back to the, once again, a Dane parallel, Dane says, oh, a big question comes up in this book because Violet asks Dane, yeah, you'll see where the connection is. She asks him, like, did every time you, like, touch me, were you, mm-hmm. were you reading my thoughts mm-hmm. or whatever? And he, or looking at my memories, and he says no. Do you remember? Like, yeah. so I think that intentionality has to be part of it as well, right? So yeah. that can also be abused, right? Like, this person that you trust, it's even if it's not happening automatically, they could turn on you in an instant, right? So mm-hmm. I am interested to see because I won't say this is my prediction, but like, in a my like wild, absolutely ridiculous theory too could be that like, not that I don't want this to happen, but like, what if Zayden? Hmm, what if what if she is basically her and her and Dane have to like then team up um, because Zayden can't be trusted, and um, then we have a then we have a Dane a Dane and Violet arc. I already said no, no. I don't know. I reject this, but I do think Abby along the same lines because okay, because here's how I can see Zayden handling this. Okay, realistically, because he's not flat out evil he doesn't want to use the venom power we know because he goes and he asks for like a cure whatever blah blah blah, which is where we get the weird jack scene whatever um so his intention is to not be venom and to not like join their whatever the fuck they're doing but i can see him because he's dealing we were told he's dealing with this like craving to do more and that's the whole point is like you you Mm -hmm. kind of get consumed by this addiction Mm -hmm. i can see him 
playing with it um especially to like impress violet or you know if violet needs a little extra power if i don't know if there's like a Mm. siphoning ability or like a transfer but i could see him doing it for her and then the addiction getting worse and worse and worse and worse the more he plays Mm -hmm. with it and engages with it Um, that would make him interesting mm -hmm. so i think i think he's going to feel confident that he can keep it under control um and do it in like very micro doses when it's needed or helpful or whatever um in very justifiable situations but it's going to end up eating him up at some point and he's going to lose control and violet is going to have to do something because the sage tells violet that she will be the one to bring down the wards when the time comes and I think she's going to have to make that choice to save Zayden at some point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Yeah, that's the yeah. only reason I can see why she would want to do that. And I'm I'm sure it may be different, but that's my that's where my head is at right now. I like it. Yeah, I like it. All right. Um. So now we're gonna get a little little spicy, and we're gonna revisit our fourth wing pour overs and hot takes. So I'll go first. My hot take was that Rhiannon was not a full character. She was boring. We didn't care about Rhiannon. And I still don't care about Rhiannon. <laughs> <laughs> I hate Rhiannon, actually. I think she's she sucks. Like, she is, she's so nosy. Like, I don't sit there and ask my friends these questions over and over until they eventually, like, reveal things to me. Like, I... I let them come to me when they want to talk about things. Mm. And she does not do that. She just can't mind her own damn business. And I hated it. <laughs> so um, she's a no- yeah. nose bitch. I will say, <laughs> yeah. if I was Rhiannon, I do think I would be nosy. Because I am nosy currently in my current state. And things are not at risk. And so I, definitely, I know Violet's like into some shit. And I would be like, can you please just fucking tell me? Like, I want to know. However... Rhiannon as a character is so boring and I don't care about her at all. Um, Riddick and Sawyer, I love so much more than Rhiannon. Mm-hmm. And so I wish we got more of them. She was, she was so and Imogen, I loved Imogen. Yeah. Like I wanted I like more Imogen. of Imogen. Yeah. 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 No, I did like Imogen a lot. And I, so my take on Rhiannon is that, um, cause I think that we, I think that I was more like pro Rhiannon the first book and, um, you had a lot of faith. Yeah. I had a lot of faith. Uh, and yeah, I, she serves an important role in that, but again, I think this is kind of echoing what you had said, Kaylee of like, I think really, or I think that you had made this point of like, really what she kind of does is she just reveals things about Violet, right? Like she just, she serves as, um, a, a way to bring certain things out of Violet, right? And mm-hmm. so, like, for this, um, I think she just serves as this, like, um, uh, indication of, like, all of Violet's kind of trust issues and her inability to confide in people and this kind of internal battle that she's going with, right, of, like, having to hold all these secrets but still wanting friendship, still wanting comfort, still, you know, needing that. But I don't really think she brings a whole lot of individuality to the story, like, no. as a character. And um, she doesn't even do anything useful, necessarily. Like, there's nothing no. that's, like, only Rhiannon can help with this. I, I no. guess when she pulls the knife, dagger, whatever, from uh, Violet's back when she's being 
stripped yeah. down by Varish, I guess. I, I don't know. I, I guess. still don't really care. It, I was like, cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, my pour over was like, what do dragons get from uh, pairing with a or pairing bonding with a writer during threshing like what what is what do they get from it and i'm pretty sure that was explained in the book i i think it was just like loosely glossed over um so i can't really recall what that was but it was explained so happy yeah. that that she I addressed believe, that i believe the pitch was that um we print or we like i'm a writer the writers uh protect <laughs> uh their hatching grounds from the venom because they're more powerful when they can use the writer's signets i believe mm. that was the idea okay and they need i well i guess i don't know if they need both to power the wardstone because technically well maybe writers have to build the wardstone because it only took dragons to power it so maybe they don't need writers for that. I don't know. I thought that was where that was going to yeah. go, but never mind. I don't know. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> fully know if it's still believable. Honestly. Yeah. They did try to explain it, though. <laughs> yeah. We get a little bit more. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, uh, we can go through mine next. Um, so my pour over... Uh, was that Brennan and Nowlin were in love and that Nowlin died resurrecting Brennan and maybe that's what moves Brennan over to the um, revolution. Um, and we do get slightly more Nowlin lore. Um, a little bit. Just a, a little. little tease. Um, oh. But I still believe in this um, because like Brennan is so weird about how he talks about Nowlin and I was low-key upset at Violet for not asking more questions because uh, mm -hmm. hello girl I need this information she's not nosy like Rhiannon right I'm like yeah. well, again you know what maybe Zayden was right maybe she does need to learn how to ask the right questions because <laughs> yeah just, the right question is yeah. girl what was going on between you and Nalan right and so um <laughs> say the thing about like she suspects that they might have been more than I don't remember what she says like does she Violet yeah 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 Violet talks about when Brennan briefly talks about Nalan she says that she suspected they might have been more than like writers or something. So the way it's phrased is really interesting because she doesn't say more than friends. Yeah. She says so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that. Maybe they could just be maybe she means that they were friends. Yeah. But I, I think I didn't we, feel like she clocked her. She also says the thing about asking him if he like is with anyone and he says, yes. No, I don't have a partner or something. Mm -hmm. He uses the language partner specifically, which mm -hmm. again just putting pieces together i'm like hmm. mm -hmm. yeah and also we get a little tidbit from taryn because violet asked him a question about nowlin and he's like we do not talk about the one who came before like all yeah vague. and so yeah. i felt like the way that they were talking about nowlin was very intentional that there was like more going on there there's more to the story yeah for which sure. quick quick note quick sidebar on nowlin or naolin or however you say it I think that he, my theory is that he didn't die and he's actually a venom because they're really vague. They never say he dies. They're just like he gave up everything or or something like that. Um, so I actually think he could be like the big, one of the big bad like sage venoms. Like, yeah, that's what I think. Uh, wait, but I think you're right though. Ooh. Wait, then I just thought of something though. But then how would Taryn and... um and be able to choose I think violence. the dragons can choose to break the bond oh, oh mm, that's because interesting Sigale 
hasn't chosen to break the bond yet. But I and think, I think they you're have the ability. Right, then. Yeah. If he is alive and yeah. that bond was broken, then it would have to be a pretty big offense for right. him And it would have for... to be justifiable to like the Empyrean yes. council right. or whatever. Yeah. That which that pretty kind wild. of backs your theory that that's a possibility, I feel like. Because for that to be a possibility, it'd have to be pretty bad. So. Yeah. Which being a villain would be bad. Very interesting. But. I hope we get more next book. Um, that's where my yeah. faith is at. Um, and then my hot take um, was that Violet basically is, like, way too overpowered. Um, she's quirked up. Um, and she has, like, she's going to have two dragons, two signets, whatever. Um, I still think that's pretty true um, in this book. And maybe even more true because of what I'll share for, like, my pour over for this actual book um but I do think they at least do a good job of like they're so um outmatched by the the wyvern and the venom that it feels like they do need all the advantages they can get um because they still even with all the overpoweredness they have they still essentially are losing like 90% of the time so Mm -hmm. it's not as egregious but it's it's a little much for me still. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. agree. The coincidences are yeah. still a little coincidenting. They're yeah, they're coincidenting. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think a lot of her internal conflict and stuff too, and like her insecurities and things like that, and the discussion of that kind of balances out. There's a more like humane side to her, I mm-hmm. think, to kind of explore a bit too. Yeah. Cool. Well, mine, uh, my pour over for the last book was um, wondering why Violet's signet power was uh, wielding lightning and how how we thought that that might tie into the fact that her mother's signet is wielding storms. Um, and I had a prediction, I think, that there was going to be some huge battle where they were using both of those, which her mom does use um, the storms a little bit to mm-hmm, a little yeah. bit, but it wasn't, it wasn't quite what I thought. I thought that mm-hmm. I thought that her and her mom were going to go against each other Same. with these powers um, sometime later in the series. Um, and of course that's not quite what happens, but I think some of that gets answered in this book in ways um, in terms of the signet. Um, you know, of course, Violet explores her signet a lot more um, and is taught how to control it and kind of use it in ways that aren't just as literal as like making a big, strike of lightning um over mm-hmm. a mountain you know um so i think that that's answered a bit um and yeah, yeah. but not and i agreed not- with you pretty hard on this one abby i thought it was just like a little ridiculous that her mother's was storms and hers was lightning and they're mm-hmm. all like lightning is one of the most strong sign- blah, blah, blah. it was much but yeah. i will say that when she is kind of like when she's trying to figure out zayden's second signet and she's talking through the just like verbalizing how it actually happens because they say constantly like it it depends on the writer blah 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 blah. but just hearing it verbalized the way that she does with Zayden it made me understand like she is so weak that she needed an extremely strong signet to to balance it out and so that made it more digestible for me and also when she's getting tutoring from Felix maybe is his name um and he's like yeah and he tells her her power isn't actually lightning it's just like raw energy but she chooses basically to manifest it as lightning lightning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so i thought that was really interesting because 
again, it kind of makes sense because she's like she's like seen the storm stuff with her mom. So it kind of makes sense that like she that would be like her go to state. But also I'm very curious about like what else can she manifest it as like and she didn't even explore yeah. that again ask the do ask the right questions girl like hello what else can i do can <laughs> i make I flame? Big, well and i think too a big theme of this book um is that of course as she's kind of questioning everything that she knows part of that mm-hmm. is kind of questioning baz Gaius leadership and what they want them to know what they don't want them to know and so i think um when she's getting trained a uh, felix or whoever makes a big point of saying like you know, there's been so much emphasis on you just being powerful, like, th- you yeah. know, throwing like an axe instead of being able to do these little subtleties that are actually mm-hmm. more useful a lot of times um, mm-hmm. and more complex, right? Because, of course, it's showy and cool that she can wield lightning and, you know, in these big battles, that'd be powerful. But for her, for her growth, he wants her to be more strategic. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, it, it got some interesting information from this book, for sure. Yeah. Um and then uh, my hot take, which we also get more information on, uh, was that uh, the whole mind reading signet was being a dissonance uh, felt very weird to me. Um, and I, because I felt like there would be some way just to train mind readers to be weapons without being threats. Um, but, you know, two points on that. A, of course, everyone at Vazgaeth knows that their leadership knows that they're holding in secrets. So uh, having students be able to understand their secrets or their motivations or whatever the case may be um, exposes bad guys leadership for everything that they know and that they're holding from their students. So we learned that more a lot through this book too, mm-hmm. but then also of course um, with, you know, variations of the signet um, uh, like what uh, Zayden has where he can figure out like motivations. Um, yeah. Of course battle that is, if, if your students turn against you, that quickly becomes a big problem. So, mm-hmm. which and if you don't have reason for that to happen, yeah. you know, but yeah. Tea. Yeah. Tea. I thought it was interesting. I liked the idea that there were different flavors of intrinsic, but just that like they don't know because yeah. they never let them live or like grow their power or anything. Right. Um, I did think like, I don't know, Zayden's like, yeah, my my second signet manifested like a month after my first, but I just like kept it chill because I already had seen someone like get killed <laughs> for it. And I was like, okay, like ridiculous, but also like so Zayden coded that he's so fucking measured and controlled at all times that like regular people would freak out if they could suddenly read minds. But me, I just said, what a weird Tuesday and like <laughs> adapted. And so it, I just yeah. thought that was funny that it was like, okay like but it was more information on like what it's kind of like to be a mind reader I guess and some of them are probably much more overwhelming than others yeah. especially mm-hmm. if there's For like sure. intentionality like we were talking about because the one guy that gets killed with uh Violet it seemed like he it didn't require intention it maybe would require intention to not read minds because my homeboy was yeah. suppressed and so yeah. um yeah, it's interesting that, like, the flavor of intrinsic. And, like, there might be more people that are intrinsics that we don't know. We don't know yet. I don't know. Gee. Okay, so um, are we ready to move over to our current pour-overs and hot takes? Yeah. The true spice begins here. Yes. Yes. Um, okay, so um, for my current pour-over, uh, this is what I'm most excited about, Um Okay, so we know Violet is going to get a second signet from Andarna. Um, and I think Andarna and Violet's signet has already manifested, and we just didn't realize it at the time because it's different than any signet we've heard of before. Hmm. Um, and I think that's because 
Andarna is a completely different type of dragon than than we've had in like what'd she say like 650 years or something um so I think this signet will be really really quirked up and weird and in my opinion because I need this to live I think that um when she was being tortured by Varish and Liam comes as like a little spirit and you kind of think Violet is hallucinating but she's also like she makes a few comments where she's like he's oddly real or like I can kind of feel like him actually touch me or whatever I think that's Andarna's signet is that Violet can somehow commune with people who have passed or spirits or something and she may even be able to kind of like do something where she can use her signet to, to make them more physical um for a time and um i think it could be a cool way to bring liam back into the fold without doing like a really cheesy resurrection thing i think it should be extremely taxing and cost Mm -hmm. much but i think it's something to do with that in my opinion because that whole scene um liam is just like very there and he's like very real and i'm like that's like the resurrection stone like in um harry potter uh for you know weird weird jump but uh um at the end of the series where he gets to have like this really like fleeting moment with um, those who have passed including his parents so like if violet could have this moment with her her dad and like really yes the information out. that she could get. Yeah, like have this moment. As long as, like you said, it's not overused. It's very yeah. taxing. It's not something that happens often at all, if even more than once mm-hmm. um, or twice. But, um, ooh, that is fascinating. I like that. Yeah, I like that That's idea. Cool. Yeah. I just want more Liam. That's my coping mechanism. Is <laughs> yeah. This is the signet. Anywho, so for my hot take, um, I am of the opinion that Mira, Rhiannon, Sawyer, and probably more people should have died. Um, Hey, they're they're on my hit list, okay? Because Rhiannon was boring. I think she either should have been the little big bad that Jack was, or she should be slain. (laughs) I wish she were the little big bad. Mira should be slain because it's that's an easy dub for the emotions for the book. Okay, big sis getting slain. Now we just have Brennan. I think that would be a W. Sawyer, baby boy lost his leg. Baby boy should have lost his life. And I love Sawyer. But we need some emotional punches. The fact that none of the the four in the squad, Rian and Sawyer, Riddick, Violet, none of them died in that final battle where they were so outmatched is kind of whack. And I also feel like throughout, throughout the book, um... We have so many moments where they get in like a big battle and they get hurt severely and they're simply mended and they're fine by the next morning. Mm-hmm. And it just takes away some of the yeah. seriousness. I want to be reminded of the stakes. Yeah. Otherwise mm-hmm. I don't care. Yeah. Well, and again, this is this is war. Like uh you should I think there was something in the book where they were talking about like being surprised at the number of names like on the death toll. This is something that yeah. when they're in uh arisha whatever it is um Mm -hmm. and i was like really because even if you have well-trained uh cadets or whatever i feel like uh that's probably expected um so yeah Yeah. or like you said at least if not death then some sort of more strong betrayal like of rian being you know being in jack's place instead of just randomly bringing him up even though we don't really care about him anymore um so yeah interesting agreed 
All right, my pour over, um, I'm still pouring over Zayden's second signet and what that means for book one, because this means he would have known what professors and generals knew about Wyvern and Venon. And wouldn't it also mean that he would have known that General Atos like, had the intention of sending them off to the actual battle instead of war games Ooh. during Fourth Wing? And wouldn't True. it mean that... Yeah, and wouldn't it mean that, like, he would know if Dane ever really had the intention of turning on Violet or not? Like, w wouldn't he have known these things? Like, I'm still pouring over that. Yeah, I'm interested in the extent, like, again, the technicalities. Like, does yeah. he have to be having a, like, what kind of proximity does he have to be in with this person to then understand their intentions? Like, does he have to be having a conversation with Colonel or whatever, Atos? Um, Daddy uh -huh. is his Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daddy, that sorry, yeah, Daddy Atos. Um, uh, but yeah, that's a great point, Kaylee. I didn't think about the Atos thing, but that's great because even in Fourth Wing, they say he says something where it's like, "Oh, we're being sent to our deaths," and and he picked out all of his like marked most loyal people, and he's like, "That was a dumb fucking move. Like, why did I do that?" Mm -hmm. So it makes it even more dumb. Like, why did you not check? Like. You think they would give you the power to choose and they would let you take 17,000 right. black ones and like you didn't think it was sus to check now that you have this mind reading power? Like, hello? Yeah. And does right. he, yeah, does he turn it off? Does he turn it on? Like, we don't, I, I just want more information on that. Yeah. Um. And then my hot take, are you ready? Okay. My hot take yeah. is that this series should have been a trilogy where either Violet or Zayden dies. Like, I want Violet to somehow sacrifice herself to save Zayden in, in the next book. I mean, because it's five books, like, we know, we know. Zayden isn't going to die. We know mm -hmm. Violet isn't going to die. Like, I get people being wrecked by this ending because I was too. But we know that they're they're in game. They're going to live. Like, yeah. it's kind of, kind of lame that we know that, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, when you really think about it, I don't know. I, I, I just wish one of them would, would die. Mm. <laughs> I just wish one of them would get out of my face. <laughs> I yeah. love them, but I don't know. I just yeah, no, like I, yeah, it's it's a hot take. I think people are gonna be like, "What the fuck?" But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want Zayden or Violet to die. Um, I don't like pain as much as that would cause me. Um, but mm. I do agree that there is a certain amount of like stakes that are removed when it's like Zayden gets like a death blow and you know in like your your reader brain like he's gonna be okay he's gonna pull through um and like when Violet was sacrificing herself for the stone I know in my reader brain like she's she's something's gonna happen she's gonna be okay because she's like the main yeah. character so yeah I agree yeah it I, it would make a big statement it's also like I don't. I, I'm intrigued to see how we get. What are we supposed to have? How many books after this? Like three more. Five, three more. Three more. Yeah. Too many. Ooh. She shouldn't have revealed that there were going to be five books. She no. should have just. I, no, that's that. that's facts. I agree with that that's wholeheartedly. Facts. Like he, that should have been kept to herself because, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I have a lot of questions as to how this would span. Yeah, five books. Okay, so I'm going to quickly go my pour over because I have something I have something important to say. So my pour over is just <laughs> that uh, I 
honestly, I'm going to echo um, what we've already discussed about thinking about Zayden's second signet, everything that's meant for the past um, two books. And I think that's mostly um, kind of tying into what you're saying, Kaylee, too. Like, I am mostly interested, not even thinking of how this is going to affect the future, but what it has meant for the past. Um, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, how much can we trust him? I mean, it's, it's again, it's much like we revisited, we talked about revisiting all the scenes where Dane touches Violet. And of course, in this book, we find out that he wasn't reading her mind in every moment because she basically asks him um, or, you know, and so I am curious to see how much of his second signet has influenced to where we've gotten to be. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, my hot take. Okay. So if this is going to be a five book series, we cannot continue uh, with just status quo. Right. And clearly we can't uh, because uh, Miss Rebecca Yaris throws us for a massive loop at the end. Right. Uh-huh. And after thinking about it a little bit more, I'm thinking that maybe Zayden should become a villain. Um, okay. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking that, look, I love him more than anyone else, okay? And I do love a bad guy. We've talked about this before. Um, I, it just doesn't mean I can't love him. Maybe I'll love him more. Who's to say? Okay, I'm not going to be moral. I'm spiraling. <laughs> um, but, okay. So, here we are. All right, mm-hmm. if he becomes a villain, all right, well, I said if he becomes a villain. We know he becomes a villain. Uh, if he becomes a villain. Mm. Uh, so um, I think this will make for a much more interesting story arc for the rest of the series. Um, and that uh, a parallel that I've been thinking of, um, if we have any Star Wars fans, if not, let me briefly explain. Um, so uh, we all, even if you're not a Star Wars fan, you're probably familiar with Darth Vader, you know, big, bad, evil. Um, I'm not your father, all that good stuff. Spoiler. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. Bad, yeah. Please. Wars. Um, he is Luke's father. I'm so sorry. <gasps> you. you heard it here first, uh, Internet Explorer. Um, I'm here to tell you. Um, that <laughs> he, uh, Darth Vader is Luke's father. I'm so sorry. He's also Leia's dad. <gasps> but that uh, means... So, <laughs> yeah, that means... Uh, so, anyway, um, if you're familiar at all with Star Wars, um, Anakin, um, who is, of course, Darth Vader, um, uh, basically becomes starts as like wanting to become this Jedi for his own sake. He wants to become powerful. He wants to be revered. He wants to do good um, with power. And then he loses sight of that because he starts wanting to protect um, his wife, Padme Amidala instead. And so he does a lot of things in the name of protecting her, which then leads to him becoming obsessed with power. And then he ends up turning on her and becoming evil. Right. So I think that there's a really interesting case we made here for Zayden. Um, like we've said, we know that he does not prioritize things the same way that Violet does. Right. Like he mm-hmm. prioritizes protecting Violet. Mm-hmm. Um, he's made that clear a couple of times that he will do things to protect Violet, even if it means risking other people's safety and well-being. And um, even if he just kind of hints at it. So I think there is a really interesting case to be made here where he starts to maybe um, uh, work for the Venom on the inside or something in the name of protecting Violet. Maybe he offers to do certain things for them in order to protect her um, as a trade, right? Like he, if they protect Ooh, her... Because he's done that before with Violet's mom. Right. If they don't hurt her then he'll do it. He'll make a deal with them to protect her. But then because Venon are power hungry, he himself becomes power hungry all in the name of protecting Violet and in doing so becomes the very thing that he wants yeah. to protect her. Because maybe so, maybe he's yeah. like, I'm going to take out the King Venon so that I can be the King Venon so I can protect Violet. Yeah, because Anakin's whole thing Ooh. is like, if he, if he is so powerful, then nothing can hurt Padme, right? right? If he is the most powerful, then nothing can hurt Padme. 
if Zayden is the most powerful, then what can hurt possibly hurt Violet? Okay, why am I kind of into it? True, I like this. I'll call, I'll call, Rebecca, oh, <laughs> woman. And look, everyone who's ever watched Star Wars knows, um, or even if you just seen the pictures, we all know how mm. fine Anakin is, right? Yeah, including evil Anakin. Yeah. Okay, look, we can still love him. Yeah. He's still fine. All right. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I'm the only thing that then, that then opens the door for like a Dane and Violet thing, which, like I said, I will never no. stand. Stop. So no. you lost me there. Uh, I'm, out. I'm out for this I will reason. Not I'm stand out. That. For this reason, I'm out. So if we have three more books, there has to be some sort of tension here beyond just I don't, I don't think you trust him. Uh, it's because he's evil. Okay. Yeah. Um. So yeah. And your <laughs> version could even work for Kaylee's wish, like if he turns full evil and then Violet has to kill him. You know what? You know what I'm fucking thinking is that I need to start writing this fanfic now. I'm gonna. Put, we will finish uh, the next three books, guys. Please subscribe, yeah. follow the pod. Oh, we'll let you know. Uh, <laughs> I will revive AO3 for middle school and we'll make this happen. It won't be good. I, honestly, I'll probably recruit you, Maddie. Maddie's a good writer, so I'm gonna recruit Maddie to write this for me. No problem. Um, uh, yeah, so check in. We'll have the next book for you. Yeah, yeah, no worries. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, so that's my hot take. Anyway, I like it. Dylan. Okay. I like it. Cool. <laughs> cool. So we have our final part of the pod. Um, we're gonna do ratings and talk about our favorite parts of the book. Um, so for me, this is a rare five of five for the reading of the book. Yes, I loved it. I ate it up. I thought the pacing was really interesting. I thought she did a good job, even at school, of kind of like giving us things to look forward to and including these little moments of conflict like with Violet and Varish or whatever um so that we stayed engaged even when we weren't like on the front lines of the war um I love character and relationship stuff um everything made sense the stakes were high it was a book where it was like I closed it and I was ready to like go back start from page one and so that's a five of five for me there are things I would have changed but if I'm ready to read it again immediately that's a five of five Hmm. um for me my favorite part um as wild as it sounds was the chapter where violet is being held captive and tortured by varish um it just was like so emotional and like well written and i every time liam had like a line of dialogue i teared up i was like that's my boy okay and like violet the fact that she in that time of need she manifested liam and not Zayden for example Mm -hmm. I was touched and also I think it's the signet but I think it was meaningful and I just was very touched and I'm moved by her going through that man and she was going through it and I think there was something like Violet's hurt all the time um and I'm just like whatever but like the way that stuff was written I was like damn (laughs) she is going through it yeah so very good that's my babes sweet my my rating was a 4.4 out of 5 I took off 0.6 just because I got really bored at some parts of the book, um, especially the middle, the middle. But I loved it overall, and I loved the character development. Five stars to me just means I would read it again, and I probably wouldn't read it again unless I did some major skimming. Um, so that's that's me. Mm-hmm. And then my favorite part was when we learned about Zayden's second signet. I already talked about that earlier. I just I love that part. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so also in a shocking turn of events, uh, this was also a five out of five for me. And, um, I was, I was prepared to be a hater. Um, 
very prepared to be a hater for this book. Um, and uh, I was shocked. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I thought the pacing was great. Um, I, I do agree that there were some slow parts. Um, I think just because I loved everything else so much, I still think it'll keep that five out of five for me for a bit. But um, yeah, and really what I love more than all that was um, character development, believable character development for where we were at in the story. Um, again, something I think of like the Harry Potter series that does really well is that from year one to year two to year three, you see these very natural and understandable progressions in each of the characters' characters as they're not only growing um, in age, but also in what they're experiencing. And I mm-hmm. thought that the character development here was very well paced um, and made sense, um, despite all the wild, crazy stuff going on, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, and then my favorite part, um, I honestly haven't thought about what my favorite part is yet, because I'm still marinating on it because like I said finished it pretty soon before recording this um but one random thing that I really liked was um the scene where they stole the journals uh this is very this mm, is not I don't know if it's my favorite scene but it's just scene heist. I just want to give a shout out to it's like a mini heist um a little fancy heist scene um so I thought that was a fun scene that we didn't really oh, mention yeah. before, and we didn't but... even talk about Eric I it doesn't matter I wanted Eric oh. to be more utilized but he was so relevant to the mini heist Oh, shoot. Eric is the fucking, the third son of the king of fucking Navarre. Oh, is that how you pronounce it? I thought it was Eric. Oh, I don't know. Well, I didn't I just know who Eric was. Eric and she was just probably really? I bet he's going to be a massive part of the next book. So we didn't even touch on that. Well, I wanted him to be a part of this book. And I kind of wanted him to be just a little challenge of a love interest for Zayden. Just to keep Zayden on his toes. I, th- I thought that too because he said she said he was like beautiful or she whatever. Was like his green eyes, and I was like, I'm done. I'm in. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, very end. It's a great, great time for us to mention that. Yeah. Uh, yeah we'll sorry. see how that goes. I totally forgot about yeah. him because he was not enough in the book. It's fine. Anyways, yes, the heist scene, cute. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. Cool. Um, if everyone has said their piece, that's all the tea we have on Iron Flame, um, and so much more. <laughs> Um, thank you so much for listening with us for this super mega episode um we could talk about this for a million more hours clearly um next week we'll be taking a week off for thanksgiving um because also we need the extra time to process iron flame and what we've been through emotionally um so our next episode will release on november 28th um we're going to be doing tea on tropes um, and doing a deep dive on all our favorite and least favorite tropes. Um, you can also stay up to date with the latest tea on Instagram, TikTok, or YouTube by following us at, at Spill the Novel Tea on all the things. Um, and while you're there, let us know what have you been pouring over and what's your hot take. Uh, who knows? If you have a spicy enough hot take, we may even roast you personally. You can you can request True. either one of us to we respond to your hot take. We would love yeah. the opportunity to hear your thoughts and roast you like we roast each other so so we can argue with you or roast yes. us even yeah that's true yeah yeah we're open to being roasted true we're, we're willing welcome to the pod exactly <laughs> um okay so we will see y'all next week <laughs>